And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Zach Harper from The Athletic, The Athletic's podcast, The Athletic Writing, Power Rankings, and now The Athletic's new YouTube show, The Restricted Area, a weekly NBA show with myself and Wazley Lambre, the cultural anthropologist, going around finding the most interesting stories from the NBA, giving some historical context, and trying to figure out just what the hell is going on. Oz, let's go back to 1949 and the newly formed NBA Clifton McNeely, a 28-year-old guard, 28, 28-year-old guard from Texas Wesleyan and a veteran of the Army Air Corps, was taken number one by the Pittsburgh Ironman. And Waz, take a look at him. Guy was somehow older than Buddy Hill. But seriously, Zach, back then, almost dunking was considered to be a highlight. And were these cats wearing shin guards? This is the tough thing about Clifton McNeely. He didn't even want to play. With the amount of pre-draft scrutiny that goes on these days, it's hard to imagine that you would have to ask a guy, do you even want to play basketball? Do you even want to play basketball? Do you even want to play basketball? Welcome to The Athletic NBA Show, Monday through Friday, on The Athletic Podcast Network. Whoa. New York strip steak? Ooh. This is the Basketball Buds. Braised beef short ribs? Dang! watch the first round of the draft. Uh, Zach, I'm going to start with you. Uh, not as many moves early as we all expected. Yeah, not as many moves early. I think some of that happened, you know, because of the last couple of days and teams were moving in. I do think that we're going to see a lot of moves this weekend with trades. Um, I think some of it was just posturing to try to move up in the draft. I also wouldn't expect all these guys who were drafted and where we think they're drafted to start the season with those. But, well, actually, I don't know what the draft rules are going to be with trading contracts because the season starts in like 48 hours at this point. But, it, mm-hmm. you know, at some point, I think they're all going to be moved. There was a I mean, there was so much talk and, and was I was texting in the group chat about Cleveland trying to move that five pick and just not being able to do it. Obi Toppin dropping to the Knicks. Does that surprise you at all that they picked up another power forward? I mean, that that seemed to be the pick at five <laughs> that nobody wanted to make. Yeah, it was. They picked up a good one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Denzel Valentine doesn't tickle your fancy. No. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, I don't again, we talked about this on Hoops Adjacent earlier today and and I don't nobody knows what the Knicks are doing, what they're trying to do, what they want to do. Are they rebuilding? Are they trying to win now? Are they trying to attract superstar veterans? Are they trying to just attract any overpaid veterans at all? Um, I, you know, so you can't really be surprised when the Knicks do something that nobody understands. 
how did you guys feel about the Wiseman pick at two? Um, and we'll talk about Clay in a little bit, but I was thinking once we saw that that Clay had suffered an injury, maybe that that pick was gonna get moved because we had all talked about the fact that it seemed like they'd settled on taking Wiseman. And of course, Marcus Thompson's on here who I completely forgot because he hadn't said anything. Uh, Marcus, I, I think we all thought coming into today, Wiseman was the guy. And then after the clay news, I started to feel like maybe they're going to move that pick and try to figure that out. Did you feel the same way? Nah, I figured this would be the reason they wouldn't move the pick. Uh, I mean, people um, have to remember like, man, it's a bread issue. You know, like Clay is $40 million. They weren't even sure they were going to spend the $17.2 million trade exception. So it's, so they they can't just add four players. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the, they had to shore up a starter position. If, if Clay doesn't get hurt, they got their starting five. They're set. So to trade James Wiseman, and now you got to fill two positions with that trade, felt kind of counterproductive they thought this was their guy they thought he was the center of the future you kind of gotta do it now like you kind, you had to take him at that point because if you don't you just add in more influx to what you already have so now they're kind of back in the same position they got four starters and now they gotta go figure out what they're gonna do a two guard if clay is indeed out so I, i figured it only meant they would really keep the pick now they couldn't just trade it and get two guys who you don't know maybe they start maybe they don't and now you got three-fifths of your starting five so for me i felt like the clay injury made them had to kind of double down on wiseman well uh, let's just kind of take a step back what did you guys think about the draft in general i mean the presentation i thought virtually was pretty good i mean we, we all watched the nfl draft and at least uh adam silver wasn't doing this in his basement I think that that's a big improvement. I actually think that's a missed I, opportunity. Yeah, I like to see Adam Silver's basement. He clearly doesn't have any leather-bound books like my man <laughs> Roger Goodell. No wardrobe does. changes. I mean, so I but, NBA did really well. You, you, I wanted to see the cherry wood like setup, and or no, what what Roger Goodell had the all maple wood whole living room. It was like maple wood and old leather. He had like, rope uh, from the from the Mayflower. You know Man, I, yeah, I was in my grandma's house. Hold on, uh, that hold dude on saying, "Hold on a second, Wise. That is <laughs> potentially problematic, right uh, there. Well, no, you know, I meant his people came on the Mayflower voluntarily. That's okay, what I was okay. getting uh, at. Sorry. Voluntarily, right? He yeah. meant they yes. were driving the ship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, did anything in particular stand out to you, Trey? You know, I, I, I think that this is such a unique draft yeah. that. Something had to. I mean, right? honestly, I, I like the, the. I mean, for the past two years, we've got raw emotion. You know, everybody else be always trying to be too cool in the green room and stuff like that. And maybe I don't know if it's the delay, but you got kids just sobbing and, and just really grateful to to play in this league. Obviously, you know, as us as media members trying to you know ask them questions, sometimes that changes. So watching you know, this, this small intimate moment with their families and, you know, during these weird times with COVID and stuff like that, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, and everybody had a unique story. Only pushback I had on it was I wanted to see more highlights because we were robbed of March Madness and other things with these kids. Mm -hmm. So some of these kids coming into a situation, they don't have summer league to play. 
they don't have any opportunity for us to see them. You know, they just going into training camp and in three weeks they play. So, um, should, you know, I, I didn't really want to know about their character. <laughs> like, I mean, it was like a job interview. You know what I mean? Like, we were the DMs in that situation, like, oh, okay, this one kid, you know, he helps his mom with flowers. Another, you know, it was telling the background about, you know, deceased parents and stuff like that, which is heartfelt. But then there's no basketball in them. It's like one clip of a guy getting a layup or a guy getting a dunk, and then they cut to the next scene. And, and then it spent more time on the analyst talking, and they didn't really have much to give us. I think the worst one was the comparison to um, – who did they say he was like? Oh, Anthony Davis. Oh, I really no. Wanted to turn it, right. I wanted to turn it off on that one. <laughs> Seth, what was the worst comp of the night? No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> now, to be no, fair, all, there was, all, all comps are bad, but that yeah. one was particularly. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, there was yeah. a 49ers offensive lineman named Anthony Davis. It might have been that. That's true. Cannot, true. Uh, Pretty sure I used to follow that, that homie on Instagram. I mean, not yeah, Instagram. Was that the first comp? The first and only comp, though? Because I didn't see many comps. It was just that one where he snuck that Anthony Davis in. Uh, I think somebody just gave him the uh, cut it they off. They compared Leandro Bomero to Leo Messi, which yes. I thought was, was, was a little bit, a little strong. <laughs> well, to be fair, Seth, you've compared Luka Doncic to Wayne Gretzky. So cross-sports comparisons, you know, it's fine. Well, yeah, but like, you know, the guy who went – 20 whatever in this draft got compared to the greatest soccer player of all time. So whereas Luka Doncic, <laughs> What's wrong with that? You know, you well, know, hey, I think I think I'm at least in the in the in the in the right stadium with Luca and Wayne Gretzky, right? That's true. Uh so, hey, you know, that new voice, John Krasinski, uh, our beat writer for the Minnesota Timberwolves, who, you know, kind of owned this draft. Uh what the heck did the the Wolves pull off tonight? Yeah, man, it was super active. Um you know, they they hung tight, talked a lot of trades at the top, but couldn't find any deals they wanted. And they stuck with the guy that they wanted all along, which was Anthony Edwards. Uh, then in the middle of the draft, they swing a, a deal, trading 17 to Oklahoma City and getting Ricky Rubio back in Minnesota, where his career started. Ricky! Then they pick up uh, Leo, Leo Messi. I mean, Romero. Uh, <laughs> And uh, and Jaden McDaniels, another guy who was like super high, highly recruited, not very uh, productive at Washington. And so um, a kind of a, a definite, I guess, high ceiling type of play, seeing if they can develop him. But, yeah, they were all over the place tonight. It was pretty wild. Uh, Gerson Rosas is like coming in firing. He definitely wasn't. Like, he wasn't like, let me let me wait this out a year, you know, just take some 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 patience and uh, take a couple picks and see what happens. Like the Knicks were the only other team as involved in, in trades it felt tonight. Yeah. And I mean, that kind of does just speak to Rosas's DNA. Like the, he comes from the Houston school and they want to tinker and they want to trade and wheel and deal and try and win each deal. You buy on the margins by 2% by 3% to gradually kind of improve the team what you know what I do give him credit for and we don't know how all these deals are going to work out and all of this but he came in to a dumpster fire situation last year and he said I'm not waiting around like this these things need to change and change in a major way and so he's done that he has two players on the roster that he inherited you know uh, in May of 2019 and it's Josh Akogi and Carl Anthony Towns everyone else is different um, and so he's just basically said, look, this team isn't good enough that we have a long way to go. 
and he's trying to do whatever he can to inject talent into it. We'll see how these guys all work out. But uh, I, I do kind of admire the aggressiveness and not just sitting back and waiting for things to happen. I feel like one other team we've got to talk about, not just today, but all week being uh, extremely active has been Oklahoma City, which they I mean, they have they made four or five trades this week and, you know, uh, kind of added the this the, the biggest kind of mystery box in this year's draft. And in, in uh, uh, Alexei, I'm going to try that. This uh, Pokashevsky. Am I right? Got it. Got um, it. Yeah. Who is. Um, you know, certainly the the biggest wild card in this draft, I would say. So they they were active and and did some things and and have completely remade their team and still might be pretty good next year and own half of the next nine drafts. It seems like. Hey, well, uh, here's, uh, uh, Josh Richardson just got traded to Dallas for Seth Curry, according to our Shams. Ooh, and interesting. Thirty six and a thirty six pick. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like. I it. like it for Dallas. They could Similar use that defense. Both. I like it for both teams. I know. Yeah, that's very good. That's a win-win because Philly, Philly needed their shooters back. That's where they went wrong, trading their shooters away. Now they got some shooters. Well, Plus, you, know, you always got to keep, your, you you keep your son-in-law close. You can't let him. <laughs> I mean, he traded Paul George for Seth Curry. Seems like a good move to me. Uh, now, Philly was interesting tonight, right? Like, Daryl was extremely aggressive, it seems. Daryl and Elton, very aggressive, trying to right the wrongs I like of the how roster. you do the Elton in there. I like hey, that. That's, I, that I want nice to make sure. It's very a, kind hey, of you. Got to be a team effort, right, Waz? Now, look, Waz, we killed him. We killed him with the team they put together. But he moved off the Horford deal and and got some shooters. Tyrese Maxey could wind up being, like, a, a very, very good player. And he got him 21? That's nuts. They had a great draft. Yeah, and I think, you know, getting off of the Horford deal for a Philadelphia first-round pick, which will probably end up being in, like, the low 20s, I don't think that's – that's pretty good, man. That guy's got three years left on his deal at, like, 30 mil per. That's pretty nice on their part. And they also got Danny Green in that if if he is not completely washed, which there's been, you know, some debate about that after you whoa, know, Green whoa, got whoa, traded. Whoa, 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 You gonna trigger Dave now? That's that's one of knows. his favorite players. He already knows. In the league. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I no, I you know, I've we Dave need to start I, calling Danny Green blunt. No, no, no Dave, Dave, Dave and I have been, have been defending Danny Green since you know since he <laughs> missed one jump shot and everyone decided he wasn't good at basketball anymore. Uh, but no, I think that that was that was a that was a very Strong <laughs> no, but there's but like no, but the reaction was to one shot. Like, oh, oh, that. Oh, you talking about the buzzer beater? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I was it's just like, talking about his general inability to hit shots. Just period. You know, yeah. some of that might have been injury or the layoff or whatever you want to call it. But you know, I, we'll see. We'll see if he can no, make but shots. The, the, the reaction was not to his playoff shooting percentage. The reaction was he missed a buzzer beater that could have won the finals. Yeah, that was unfortunate. He had a good season. All right. He had a good season. So, all right. Danny Green is a guy that's very interesting to me because I I look at getting that contract. It is an expiring contract. He's a good player, but maybe that's a piece they want to send to Houston because it's an expiring contract. And it seems like that's what they're looking for in a potential hardened trade. He fits into Marcus that Andre Iguodala traded player exception that the Warriors have, you think there's any chance that the Warriors take a swing at Danny Green if Philly doesn't have him in their their plans for this year? 
Nah, they got to shoot higher than Danny Green. Like you, there is no there's, higher there's, than Danny Green. There's higher than Danny Green. Available. Not, I'm sorry. There's higher Available? than Danny Green. And also, there's younger than Danny Green too. That that's kind of important. I mean, look, if Clay is gone, that's a you don't feel that with yo. Let's bring back. Let's bring in Danny Green. Like you, hmm. and not not that you can actually replace Clay, but you got to be able to do something to adjust. Uh, and Danny Green just it just won't be it. I mean, and, and keep in mind, whoever they get now, this is who you like. This has to this has to work in in the long term. Like it's not like if Clay comes back after this season, like this is an Achilles potentially followed by an ACL. Who's guard your point guards from now on? Like mm-hmm. you can't be banking on Clay coming back being who he is. So you got to get somebody who's going to be with you for two or three years, four years, you know what I'm saying? Like, now you got to start operating as if Clay will be different and so not what, the same Clay. I feel like that's a, like, what do the what do the Warriors do now? I mean, they, they were obviously looking to kind of run it back this year with, with everyone healthy. And, like, we don't we don't have any details, but all the reporting has seemed to be that it's, that it's, a, that it's a problem. Uh you know, it seems like they're almost caught in the middle. Like they're they're too good to be bad again, but they're not good enough to be really contenders with with Clay out. So what do you do now? Well, you've got that uh, that beautiful pick from Gerson, which should be two picks, but uh, you, they might have to start dangling them picks and seeing what what you can get for a few picks and. Can I say Andrew Wiggins without everybody going crazy? All right, how about a few picks and Eric Pascoe? <laughs> or you know, they've got <laughs> Alan Smiley. They've got yeah, they've got to. I, I mean, they've got to start seeing what they can do and hope. You know that that their best chip now is the pick they got from Minnesota before like Anthony Edwards carries them to the number four seed in the West. And I mean, and right. also and also guys, you got to remember if they're willing to give up stuff, if they're willing to give up draft picks from 2027, then maybe they could get stuff that's better than whatever the wing market presently is, whether it be, you know, scrap heap guys and free agents like a Wes Matthews or whatever, right? Like if they're willing to trade quote unquote assets, then they should do that to get some wing help. I mean, they kind of have to, right? This is it, right? Steph Curry is how old, Marcus? 33? 32. 32. How old is Draymond? 33 in March. Draymond's 30. Yeah. Draymond's the youngest of them. But, the, yeah. Dr- but Draymond's an old 30. That's right. And so. That. Is that allowed? Now's the time you go get Bradley Bill. <laughs> this is the time where you like throw all. But, but what do you throw? To take. What are you going to. Well, what do they have? Except for that pick from, Clay from Minnesota. But that pick from Minnesota is going to it's be a good. Lot. Trey, like that's like they could be. It could be, they it could be Cade Cunningham. Dre and a pick. Yeah. Dre and a pick. Yeah. Bye. Did you, did you yeah, say I mean, Dre? Yeah. yeah, you got to start thinking I mean, about that. I feel like I feel like Sorry. anything if anything that that Golden State could offer for Bradley Beal, New Orleans looks at it and mm-hmm. says that's nice and doubles it. Uh, without Bradley Beal going to say, I'm not re- I'm not signing with you. I mean, that, 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 the only them. hope they have, yeah, that's right, he is signed. The only hope the Warriors oh. have is if somebody prefers to play with Steph. 
But Beal's like, like two so more years, years, right? It's not like Beal agreed to a five-year extension. Like, it's like two years. You can threaten to move. Like, Steven Jackson once signed an extension and then threatened to, you know, ask for a like trade the, the day next after day. He like, signed it. Yeah. yeah, like that. I don't think that matters anymore. Like, if Devin Booker wanted to force a trade tomorrow, he could. If, you know, if any of these guys want to. Like, James Harden's got a shitload of years left on his deal. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to get out of Houston. Like, I don't think years left matters anymore. So, I, yeah, I, I don't you know, know if Bradley Bill says, "Yo, I'd rather play with uh, I'd rather play with Steph." Like that's everything is on Steph, as it always is, right? All right, Steph, go get your recruit on. Like, who wants to play with Steph? I mean, what's the list look like? Giannis still hasn't signed his extension yet. I mean, is is Steph calling him up right now? I don't know. Nah, Steph doesn't make calls. Come on, you got to call <laughs> Steph. You know, Steph, Steph doesn't make calls. He makes uh, all-star passes. That's what he does. He, his, his call is like some fancy moment in the all-star game. That's how he gets you. Or a hug. At yeah, TV it's the USA. hug. It's the post-game yeah, hug. I'll look to see if he's hugged Bradley Bill. He, he doesn't make calls anymore. Well, we know yeah. he's hugged Giannis. We, we, Warriors might have to worry that he's getting some hugs, you know, with what's happening. <laughs> uh, Ethan Strauss joining the show. Ethan, we're we're talking about the state of the Warriors right now. No Clay Thompson. Uh Marcus says it's time to throw every chip on the table except for Steph. You agree? Every chip on the table except for Steph. Um I just yeah, sure. I, I just think if if the situation with Clay is as bad as is feared, I, I just don't see any moves. I, I, I feel like you're you're just I mean, at that point, if it is bad, it is if it is as bad as people fear, um, that's like the worst contract in basketball or it's up there. Um, the Draymond contracts, uh, I don't think great. Uh, I just I mean, yeah, I, I agree with Marcus. I just don't see it working is what I'm saying. If it's I mean, as bad as feared. Hollinger had it as the worst contract in basketball like during last season before, like when he was still yeah. going to be coming back from an ACL. And so again, we're getting ahead of ourselves with, you know, worst case scenarios, but you know, what, what else are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it, it, um, yeah, it's again, it's, you always have like to remember there are bad GMs, like, right. You know, <laughs> there, there are always bad yeah. GMs. These trades happen for a reason. People yeah. walk away with, 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 what you didn't think they would have. Uh, I mean, I don't know how Sam Presti keeps doing it, but he's got like 97 picks, right? So, I mean, at some well, point, maybe he wants a player. I was going to say, a draft pick has yet to make a jump shot. So, you know, like, it, it's great that he can collect assets, but, you know, you got to do something with them. And somebody has pointed out to me the inability for Oklahoma City itself to keep players. I won't, I won't put that on the front office. But next year he's going to draft Cade Cunningham, have him for seven years, and then we'll make fun of him when he trades him for eight more draft picks. You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of like the, the well, life cycle of Oklahoma City. It's a great GM job preservation strategy. When you start stockpiling all those draft picks, it gives you a long time to work things out. Um, and he's done a good job of that. I'm not criticizing that at all. It just seems like sometimes I I wonder about the incentives. Is this all about building a team? Is it all about trying to win now? Or is it about selling an owner on a story that is going to take a while, uh, is what I often wonder when I see a lot of this, whether it's him or whether it's David Griffin, who's doing the same thing. Um, but yeah, I just, if we're bringing it back to the warriors, I'm still just reacting to all this and thinking about all this. I, I, I don't want to be too fatalistic. I just don't 
I just don't know. I don't know what the solution can be. If if we are going with the hypothetical that it is as bad as feared, um, it's just over. It's closing time on this whole thing, on this whole epoch, on this whole core, uh, barring a miracle. I don't think that's too extreme to say. Maybe the Allen Houston rule. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, well, one of the guys that I thought they might try to trade down and pivot to was Tyrese Halliburton. And then Seth, he winds up dropping way farther than either one of us expected him to. Yeah, I think that I, I think that Sacramento has to be ecstatic with with how how at least the the, the draft has gone for them, and then they they picked up uh, Xavier Tillman, who's another kind of uh, similar very well-regarded field player in, in the second round, just as we're recording. So getting Halliburton at, at 12 and then it's Tillman in the second round. That's a, that's a pretty good day so far for Sacramento. I mean, so Ethan, do you have any insight? I, I know that they liked Halliburton early. Was there, mm. and Marcus said he wasn't surprised that they went with Wiseman and no, know, not stuck to that plan. Yeah. I mean, is it just a matter of getting the best guy possible rather than trying to get the guy who's most ready to contribute now? Well, there's something strange here because we at the Athletic Bay Area, I I will say, uh, had been again, again and again and again saying the same thing, which is that the odds are they take Wiseman. I mean, not that we know completely Mm -hmm. and they have these different workouts and, you know, let's look at Anthony Edwards twice. But it's not a surprise at all. Steve Kerr has been begging for this sort of thing for a while. Um, Kawakami mentioned it in his article. But whenever you talk to Kerr, he would say the same thing, which is we're not big enough. We're not athletic enough. So do the math on what sort of draft pick he wants. And then uh, I'm just trying to read Kerr because Kerr is a little easier to read than Myers. Um, You know, Myers, I think, is a little more careful, a little less likely to talk uh, about his preferences. But like size, that's one thing that Bob Myers uh, does does like. It's ironic that the Warriors became the small ball team considering they've been looking for a center forever. Um, and I also know with Kerr that you look at those other top picks and, you know, LaMelo Ball isn't a Steve Kerr player. Anthony Edwards doesn't seem like a Steve Kerr player. Um I know I know what the response would be. It's who cares? Coach can't determine it. But when it's a situation where these guys are not surefire lock them in Hall of Famers, as often happens in the draft, then uh, those sorts of ties are broken. Right. Um, So it it seemed like a lot of signs pointed to Wiseman. I also think that there is a there's some smart people, though, who look at the pick and say, if Clay Thompson is really hurt, then maybe you should have gone LaMelo. Um, at that point, because you need to shore that up. What do you guys think of that? Should your draft strategy be altered by a late breaking injury the day of the draft? I'll defer to Seth on this because he's actually been in the room. I think it can. It's just like I've I've been since the Clay Thompson news came out trying to figure out which way that would actually pull. It can go either way for me. Uh, like on one hand, you can you you can say, well, this gives Lamelo a year to to you know develop and then see what you got. On the other hand, it's it's okay. Uh, we're we're gonna keep Wiseman. We're gonna develop him for a year and then hope Clay comes back full strength next year. Uh, Wiseman's in his second year when he's more likely Shut, to be good. 
try to get Cade Cunningham, you know, yeah, exactly. well, yeah. go for it. Yeah, go. <laughs> no, but then, um, then hope that, you know, hope that Steph and Draymond are like, can hold up for one more year and, and Wiseman in his second year is, is, is a real force and clay comes back and it just all comes together. So I just, again, I don't know. They're in just like, they're in kind of a, a, a purgatorial spot of not uh-huh. of being too good to tank for, for Cade. And, and again, just, there's no path to being good enough to be a legit contender. Again, assuming that that Clay is is at least compromised for the season, can yeah. Steph break his hand again? <laughs> Get him another lottery pick. I mean, that uh, would be where's Aaron nice. Bates? Who's he playing for? <laughs> you get uh, the you get the Wolves pick. You get a shot at Cade Cunningham. I really don't even need a shot at Cade Cunningham. This draft is supposedly loaded. Uh, just getting that top ten. I mean, maybe you maybe you get back that way and you build that particular bridge. Um, yeah, I don't think the Warriors fans will have the patience for that. I don't think Joe Lacob has the patience for that. I think last year was absolutely brutal. Um, I, I have more takes though, because I've just landed in the spot with you guys. I don't know what you've discussed. I'm throwing this one out here. It'll be excerpted to humiliate me. Um, if it's a bad take and if history proves it wrong, but, uh, Anthony Edwards is the number one pick. I mean, I just don't, it's just, it's just a no, no thanks. Like what? I, but expound I, I, upon I, that. Eve. Why? I, I, I mean, okay. What did he do great in his first season in college? Athleticism. I, I just, you, you prefer guys that like basketball? <laughs> well, there's that too. There's the subjective stuff too. I mean, the subjective stuff has to matter if you don't have any objective stuff uh, that, that that's really helping your case. And we've seen it before that a guy will have a, a, a freshman season that's not the most efficient, and then he gets better uh, overall. But if you combine that, he's touted as this, he's touted as that, but he's not racking up the steals in a way that speaks to the athleticism. And he's not... Uh, he had that one great game, that one great game, but overall not scoring efficiently, not really racking up the free throws, not really making plays for others. Uh, I, I just – and then when you combine it with all these goofy interviews, I, I, I just I, – I know nobody would have wanted to make the number one pick, but I mean – LaMelo, I think, would have been more forgivable as a pick, Wiseman, and maybe even a few other options. I just don't get the Edwards thing. The Edwards thing is one where if he wasn't highly touted coming in out of high school, is he the number one pick? But all the things that made him highly touted are why you could sell yourself on him, especially in a bad draft. Like he is. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. One of the most gifted athletes to enter the NBA in a while. From a physical standpoint, he's just a monster for for a guy who profiles as a ball handling guard. He is just enormous and fast and strong. And he he had moments, at least, where he made a lot of shots. 
So all that stuff is, uh, you know, I just always had it against him. It's so subjective. I sound like a fuddy duddy. I don't even know. I sound corny, like Kevin Costner in draft day talking about not wanting to draft a quarterback because the, his teammates didn't show up at his birthday, but I didn't like when I was watching them play Kentucky. Vontae Mack, no matter what. I, 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 I didn't like when I was watching them play Kentucky and they were up six at the half and he went crazy just running to the crowd and pumping his arms up like they had won the championship and it was halftime and it was weird and Jay Billis was confused. I think Marcus was watching that game too, if I remember, but it was just super oh, weird. Yeah. It was just super weird. I was just, what's with this guy's decision making? And then they went out the second half and got their ass kicked. And I think Hagen's just totally shut him down. And I just, uh, yeah, I, I, I saw that and I was out. I, I was very Bill Simmons take, but I was out right there. Like, no, no, I think I think Ethan said the said kind of the important words about uh, about Edwards and why the the doubt is real, despite you know the the physical tools is decision making because that's you know for a guy to be. Uh, a great player in the NBA, how many of, especially on the wings, how many of like the all-star level players on, uh, in the NBA on the wings are not elite level decision makers. And that, and, and that's, you know, passing shot, shot selection, you know, defensive gamble, stuff like that. It's none of them. And so a guy who kind of struggles in that area and, you know, not, not just kind of that, that sort of the aesthetic thing that, that Ethan's talking about, which is annoying, um, <laughs> is, you know, not knowing when he to shoot, when to, he fills out a uniform. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, he's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very classic kind of all airport kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> all layup line is what we used to call oh. it. All layup line, baby. So, okay. The, the big decision, speaking of taking the number one pick, the big decision that's actually looming right now and, and kind of hanging over the entire league is Giannis signing the Supermax, which, after the moves of the last couple of days, I think we all expected Sam Amick is here. Also, Jay King now on the show, but you heard him. Uh, Sam Amick, you're now here. What in the hell is happening with Bogdan Bogdanovich? Gentlemen, good to be with you. First of all, this is easily the most populated pod I've ever been a part of, so I'm happy to join the cast of 27. Good to be with everybody. <laughs> um it's a mess, man. I mean, you know, it was weird when it first came out uh, because, first of all, tampering is still illegal. And, and the, your first thought right. when the news leaked on Monday was, well, that's funny because it's pretty tough to get the framework of this kind of a deal agreed upon if you don't have any sense from the player or his camp of, of what's happening here. And so, you know, people didn't know what to make of that um, in terms of Bodon being a restricted free agent. And, and him needing to kind of green light this thing. So then, uh, I mean, to be honest with you, that night you were hearing that there wasn't an agreement. You were hearing that there was a problem, but we are kind of conditioned to say, Oh sure. Yeah, whatever. You know, you guys mm -hmm. got this done and we move on with our lives. And then that noise just didn't go away. So today, you know, when I was talking to people about it, found out that, that it was in pretty bad shape. And I mean, the bottom line is that right now I'd be stunned if, he wound up in a Bucks jersey. I definitely don't expect it. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, he, the Bucks were hold, trying to hold out hope that it was still going to happen. I, it, there is definitely, I don't even know how to to provide, you know, kind of somewhat depth analysis, guys, because it's a matter of who do you believe, and, and there's some mudslinging going on. 
regarding the communication breakdown regarding who's at fault here. Um, you know, but it's, it's not happening right now. And there's a, a couple layers to it. I mean, that it's just, just me connecting dots is like, you know, Drew Holiday coming to the Bucks, I think is fascinating because you look at it objectively and you say, Giannis has got to be happy and they are, their title contending status might have gone to a new level. If you're Bogdan, that now may, means that you became a fourth option. And, and this is kind of John Hollinger territory, um, but it had a ripple effect on his money. And I, I, you know, if I had to guess, I think some of those things came into play. But yeah, I mean, as it stands, he's going into restricted free agency. I mm-hmm. think there is a fair amount of, of kind of you know, displeasure between the two sides uh, in terms of the Bucks and, and Bogdan's camp. Hey, Sam. And, uh, hey, and we'll Sam. See what Sorry. You, you cut out right when you were telling us exactly what happened. <laughs> oh, shit. How yeah. long ago? I How mean, I, 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 did he cut out for everybody? I kind of did he not him. cut out for you. He cut out for me. No. I know he cut out for Jade. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, it's Do okay. You want, I could switch to sell if that's more reliable. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be okay. Okay. Hold on. Yeah. I mean, it just seems crazy that these cats wouldn't be like, are you cool with this money? I, right. At these I, I years? Mean, exactly. <laughs> what was it? What was it? He was basically just saying Bogey doesn't want to get traded to a team, become a fourth option. Fourth option. And then he does the fourth option stuff, and then he doesn't even like the number that they're trying to get him to sign for, which yeah. is fourteen, fifteen million dollars. Which if I was him, I'd probably think I could get more than that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shit, yeah, they bought the, the, the I mean, Knicks about to give Fred Van Vliet 30 mil. Right. <laughs> right. That's my thing. I mean, and I'll I'll recap yeah, I'll yeah. recap some of that guys, but I met, so I mentioned Hollinger. I don't know if you caught that part in the mm-hmm. cutout, but like yeah. I said, this is more Hollinger territory. When it comes to the money um, and the cap gymnastics, you know, there was a ripple effect on the holiday deal that impacted Bogdan's, you know, kind of earnings. And beyond that, you know, it's the idea that speaking of Hollinger, he wrote a piece the other day breaking down all the extension eligible players and and kind of handicapping numbers that they were in terms of market value worthy of. If I was Bogdan Bogdanovich reading that story, I would also want much more than $14, 15000000 million a year, you know? Yeah. And, and I think I would be worth it. And so that stuff, I think, uh, is worth chewing on. But, you know, I don't know. I think we probably haven't heard the end of the story sure. in terms of how different sides want to frame it. Uh, I am trying to get some clarity from different people at the moment. Um, and, and you know, this part hasn't really come to the surface just yet, but like, Oh, by the way, that, I mean, the tampering stuff in terms of the league's concern predictably was, was front and center here for them, you know, and, right. and they definitely made a bunch of phone calls. Definitely. Hold on, but how could they tamper if, if Sacramento had to agree to the deal, uh, this could, that, that part confused me. How could they tamper right. with bogey? I would think if a, Sacramento's the ones like, yeah, get them out of here. 
You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I mean, Dave, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. But I cut you off there. But like, yeah, I mean, the, the Kings, you know, they can have a general understanding of where they're at, but they can't talk money until Friday with him. Mm-hmm. And there's just, there's not really, I mean, I know that's, we laugh because yeah. that's, nobody follows <laughs> yeah. the rules. Right. You know, I mean, wait until, you know, free agency begins on Friday. I mean, I get, I swear to God, it's, it's like dozens of deals are, are already done. It feels sure. That way. I'm actually surprised um, that the league, is is not just saying hey look uh we kind of understand this is a compressed window and we're gonna you know allow some leeway here it, it seems a little ridiculous like the subway right? dude well, like picking one person to stop like while everybody's right. hopping to turnstiles right they just i mean they they do pick and choose when to crack on teams and they and listen i i generally love most of what the league does they are incredibly reactionary to the public reaction and to the media narrative. And so this one, I think, was just too blatant, too obvious. You know, it's a little bit like the Garrett Temple deal when he signed with Brooklyn uh, in last free agency, where there was some frustration about that because it's one thing if you're if you're tampering with Kevin Durant, like now we're out here, you know, agreeing with Garrett Temple well in advance of of uh you know, the actual window beginning, but the other thing, <laughs> the upper class, the upper class, again, able to get away with stuff that the middle right. class can't. <laughs> right. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome to this leagues. Um, I mean, the other thing, this was definitely not a coincidence. I mean, about, I guess, five hours ago, four hours ago, the league, Oh, by the way, just pumped out a tampering reminder to all 30 teams uh, via memo and not really any new information, but, you know, everybody who got that memo immediately was like, oh boy, Kings and Bucks, you know, it's, uh, they're kind of put on notice a little bit. So I think that part of it is, is also coming into play, but I don't know, man, I don't know where Bogey's going to go. Hold uh, on, Sam, before you go, cause I'm, I feel like I'm kind of stupid right now. Like it are the, are the Bucks saying they had something figured out with Bogey and he's changing his mind or is Bogey saying nobody talked to me? I'm not cool with any of this. Um, 
Wise, I'm going to have to like plead the fifth on the Bucks side because like I got to wait and see what they choose to say. Okay. But yes, like my, you know, my report has been that, 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 that for sure that the, the assertion on the Bogdan side was that he was very much blindsided by this. And I will say in terms of my own experience, like I do, I don't know. I find that in the Bucks, he'll probably accuse me of being naive, but as it stands right now, I find that to be fairly credible um, because there, you know, some of the stuff that I heard kind of witnessed firsthand on Monday fit, you know, fit in pretty nicely with the idea that, that while he might've been very interested that the idea, you know, the, the notion of a trade getting out and being somehow, you know, set in stone, uh, absolutely caught him off guard. And and he was, by the way, over in Eastern Europe. How, um, how dare well, they hey. try to say that Serbian uh, homie lied, man. They don't do that over there. Uh, that's right. <laughs> I, I'm positive we will read all about this at The Athletic today. But James Edwards, the man of the hour, has shown up. James, we have been talking all night about how none of us have any idea what happened. The Pistons <laughs> controlled half of it. What what was Detroit doing? Uh, what's the Canard trade? Where did that well, come from? The Pistons, as you guys know, have na- needed a HGTV level renovation for quite some time. Um, <laughs> and Troy Weaver has come to bring the hammer and nails. I mean, the this team needed to start from the ground up. They clearly came in with a bang. Um, the, the, the Luke Kennard trade probably to the outside is a bit of a surprise, but here it's not so much. I mean, you look at the kind of guys Troy Weaver likes long athletic, versatile guys and Kennard checks a lot of boxes, but not those ones. Um, there are a lot of questions about his knees. I mean, he, he had bilateral knee tendonitis in both knees when he went down after Christmas and, and didn't return due to the lockout. Um, he's a restricted free agent next year. I, I don't think they want to pay him what he wants. And he's really the only person on this roster that can get you back a first round pick. So they took the gamble. I don't know if it was much of a, of a massive gamble. While I like Kennard, I don't think anybody in here would uh, argue that he's, I don't think he's going to be an all-star. I think he'll be a good role player for a long time. Um, and the Pistons aren't really in the position to have a good role player for a, a long time right now. They need to build from the ground up. I mean, they, they were certainly active. And I, and I think that that's an improvement to a certain degree. Uh, it seemed like the, the Pistons fans that I know were very excited just that they were involved after yeah, being no, an that, afterthought, right? Yeah, no, that was massive. I mean, people have just wanted change here, and and this is change. I mean, it has really gotten it's, – it's, he shook things up today. Um, you look around, it's going to be a, a bunch of diapers and Blake and Derrick Rose, and you, you wonder if they're on the move next, but – yeah, it was. I think Pistons fans were excited. It's something different. There's a plan for once. Um, I think that's the the kind of the the storyline here is the team has a plan. And for the past ten years, this team has been stripped of its history and its tradition because of them not having a plan. Them trying to build on the fly and be competitive, and it hasn't worked. And finally, they kind of came to their senses and realized they have to build this from the ground up. Um, and that's what's happening. So I have to run. Unfortunately, Weaver is oh, about no. to talk. But I'm glad to chat with you guys, and I hope I talk to you guys soon. Well, that thank you for dropping in. Now we get a chance to talk to Jay King yeah, about the Celtics. Uh, last but not least, I, I think probably um, least, honestly. Oh yeah, I mean, I just was boring gonna, draft. I was going to text you least after this. Um, <laughs> it was just you, a boring draft. It, it was it, it dropped the, in their lap. 
it, of all the Desmond things, Bain dropped in their lap and they and they didn't do it and they and they, and they, and they traded Desmond him. Bain was definitely the guy all of draft Twitter fell in love with. He was there for the taking at 26 if they wanted him. Decided to trade the 30th pick because they were kind of res- constricted there, like they just had no roster space. But coming into this day, you knew they were going to try to trade up because they had three first round picks and not enough space for it. You knew that the Gordon Hayward situation is still in flux. That is still at least somewhat fluid based on what Brad Stevens said after the first round of the draft. And they drafted like two shooters, two productive college players who aren't great athletes. And we'll see how they make, make it in the NBA. But it was of all the things they could have done, that was like the most bland route that they took. Well, can you it tell seems, us? Oh, no, go ahead, Seth. It, no, this just seems very. This is something we've talked about before. This seems very out of character for how Danny Ainge has has approached the draft in, in the past. Is um, if there's if there's a through line to you know any of his picks over the last decade, almost it's like athleticism and physical toughness. So that there there's and it seems that they've maybe gone away from that a little bit in this year's draft. And that's always something that, that seemed like it's served them well, especially in the postseason, where guys can kind of just step in and at least physically compete. Yeah. And you saw that with Shemi Ojale, who could be a casualty of roster casualty this yeah. off season, but he was never a, a great player during his time in Boston. If it's ended, but the first year in the playoffs, he starts against Giannis and, and he always seemed to give the Celtics spot minutes at least when when they needed a little defense and because he is strong and a good athlete like you said he was able to step in and handle some of those minutes I, I think they they can look at their roster now and and think they have enough athletes enough physicality and maybe it's time to add some complimentary shooting if you look at all their numbers last year they were totally middle of the pack in outside shooting I think they were 13th in three-point percentage 14th in three-point makes per 100 possessions even though their starting lineup was loaded with shooting and playmaking so that bench really needed a shooting upgrade I don't know whether Neesmith and Pritchard will end up giving them that but Neesmith might be the best shooter in the draft he's got enough size to make you think he should be able to get his shot off so in theory he will give the Celtics what they need We'll, we'll see if he can do enough of the other stuff the passing and dribbling and defending. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he has enough skill that maybe they don't even care about passing and dribbling and defending and just try to mold him in a Duncan Robinson type where he gets in great shape and runs around screens and does all that stuff. So we'll, we'll see how it goes, but they definitely needed shooting and they, they got a couple guys who can really shoot the ball, at least at the college level. Another gym rat up in Boston. <laughs> two gym rats brad yeah. stevens said they're both gym rats there you go hey so all right talk to me about the kemba stuff uh, i'm a little confused that they were having as hard of a time as it seemed moving him for picks you think he's gonna be around when the season starts yeah i do i i think that was probably overblown um some of the kemba for pick stuff um the Celtic, they, they look into what it would take to trade up every year. Um, everything I've heard from the front office is that they're pretty confident about how good their team is. 
when healthy and together and kind of hope that with some internal development from Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, that hopefully they'll be able to take the next step in the Eastern Conference even without a huge move. Uh, obviously, that would get tougher if, if Gordon Hayward decides to leave. That would get tougher if, you know, none of the younger guys, whether it's Robert Williams, Romeo Langford, Grant Williams, take a step forward next season. It would get tougher if the Eastern Conference is a lot better, which it could be, uh, depending on how Drew Holiday fits with the Bucks and how Kevin Durant looks in Brooklyn and where James Harden goes. So there's a lot still to be decided in this offseason, but... I mean, on a night that could have brought some fireworks for the Celtics, it was just kind of like, all right, (laughs) (laughs) that happened. They got they got a couple of good college players, and we'll see. Uh, Well, Seth, Jay, uh, it's just the three of us left. Everybody else has has run away. It's getting pretty late. Uh, As we wrap, I guess I'll start with you, Seth. Do you have any kind of lasting impression of the, of this draft? I mean, this is like the longest draft class, at least from a, you know, this is their draft class that we've ever had. Uh, I know a lot of our draft friends are very tired of this draft class. Uh, what is your big takeaway from, from this class? Um, it, a lot of, we'll see um, more, <laughs> no, sir, more than even most. There, there. I don't think there's a single sure thing. I mean, Ethan talked about it earlier. You know, at the top, you who really wanted to be on the hook for making the first pick, and I think that kind of, um, you know, percolates all the way down. Um, and so there's just a lot of. I mean, I think everyone is probably going to walk away feeling like they did well, and you know, sixty percent of the teams it'll turn out they didn't. Well, uh, yeah, Jay. I, I've- I feel like that's kind of the same way where a lot of these teams are hopeful that they'll get role players and are like, there are definitely no sure thing stars in this draft from number one, (laughs) Anthony Edwards, he could bust it. I don't think very many people in the NBA would be all that surprised. And he was a number one pick. Um, a, A lot of people I talked to liked the, the prospect of a number of first round guys as potential role players. Um, but I'm not sure we're going to look at this draft years from now and be like, you know what? There are a lot of all-stars from that draft. That's probably not going to happen. Uh, Ethan, any, any big takeaways from this draft? I'm just looking over the, uh, I'm looking over the Mannion pick right now by the Warriors uh-huh. and trying to trying to figure that, figure that one out. I mean, Mannion, he looked so good at the beginning of the college season and then fell off like crazy. Um, and, I mean, some would say it's the back injury. Some would say it's his own limitations. So Mm -hmm. it's interesting to me. You would think they'd be trying to fill out the roster a little bit more towards the shooting guard spot, considering what's going on with Clay Thompson. So I, I was, uh, I was completely hypnotized by the, the Mannion selection. I don't have any big meta analysis other than perhaps the Warriors are over as of today and perhaps they aren't. (laughs) I also love, I love what the Sixers did. I don't know if you guys talked about that before I hopped on the pod, but yeah, I really appreciate the fact that they actually went out and got players that should fit with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. It is a novel concept and, and they had to pay a lot to get rid of Al Horford's contract. But to get back Danny Green, to get Seth Curry, to get guys who don't necessarily need the ball a ton but can make shots 
and space the court for Simmons and Embiid, I think is a really, really key move for them. All right. Well, uh, wait, Seth, I don't want to cut you off. No. Nope. You sure? No, very. All right. I do that. I do that enough every week. Yeah. All right. For Zach Harper, Wazzy Lambre, Trevon Edwards, Seth Partnow, Marcus Thompson, John Krasinski, Jay King, Sam Amick, Ethan Strauss, and James Edwards, I'm Dave DeFore, and this has been Nerder Tamper Buds Contention Adjacent on the Athletic NBA Show. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.